Hey y'all, I'm Melanie. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to the Old North State Podcast. We're bringing you on a deep dive into all things North Carolina. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Old North State Podcast. Welcome. It is another fun, spooky episode for you today. Tis the season. Tis the season. We are going to be talking about the Dunhill Hotel. Can't wait. Um, But before we do, we have an announcement. The podcast is coming to a close. And I say that now because we're not going to do the county thing because our recording device is being temperamental. And I know you didn't pull it up. I did not. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like if you were to even search for it right now, your computer would explode. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yes, the podcast is coming to an end. We have an episode or two left in us. We have a few left. A few left. Um, the baby is coming very soon. And I am miserable. And and yeah, <laughs> we've said it once and we've, we'll say it again. We do this to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um We imagine our lives getting a little bit busier in the upcoming months, (laughs) so the podcast won't be a priority. We love all of you, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us all this time. Yes. We're coming up on two years of doing this. Appreciate all the support. Which is wild. Hopefully, y'all have learned something. We know we have. That was the intention, was to To teach people things. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, we've had a blast doing this. We've met a lot of cool people and have learned a lot of cool things. Um, We are creative people at heart, so this will not be the last creative endeavor you see us doing. Um, And Spooky CLT will continue because that's just an Instagram account. And we'll keep our Instagram active. Yeah. As active as we can. Absolutely. Um, With that being said, um, last episodes, we recorded three in a row. So it's been like months since we've recorded pretty much a month and a half, month or two. A monthish. Um, a bunch has happened for Spooky CLT. Yeah. Um, tell us about it. I was interviewed by Meg. Um, I feel like Tina McSwain has been going through the same stuff. Like I remember researching Caps and her telling the story about how like she first saw ghosts at her friend's house and stuff and like yeah. she still tells that story to this day so Tina you are a true professional <laughs> for being able to make it so interesting after all of these years um cool that's the housekeeping you did other stuff you were on TV oh gosh yeah um the CLT today show once again, they asked me the same three questions. This time, they, though, they asked me about a spooky date night because I made a post about it on the Instagram account, and I got to talk about yeah. that. Man, that was I was nervous for that one. You did great. It was live TV. You did great. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then we had an event. We did. Which happened. Um, <laughs> one of my goals for Spooky CLT was always to shed light on some of the small so Viz Art Video, who we have talked about plenty of times before, um, they hosted us and we we watched The Conjuring in a group. Um, I talked a little bit about it. The idea was to be like one of those old horror movie go- hosts. 
that you'll see on TV where they like introduce a movie, talk during commercial breaks, tell fun facts about the movies, um, which was the idea. And it was me, Melanie, some friends, and then three strangers came. It's um, okay, though. It, we still had fun. Yeah. And it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. That's what they asked for. Um, At 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So it's like prime nap time. <laughs> Our other events did way better. So they can't all be winners. Um, And then there's Halloween Ends, which mm -hmm. I kind of want to talk about later. Oh, you can talk about it um, whenever you want. Well, you know, I've always <laughs> critiqued podcasts, and I hate when it takes them 20 minutes to talk about the thing that they said they're going to talk about. Okay. So I'll circle back to it later. Okay. But anyways, we're talking about the Dunhill Hotel today. This is something that we have brought up a bunch of times because it is the haunted hotel in Charlotte. We have stayed there ourselves. Um, we've Took eaten part there. in some spirits. Exactly. Did not um, see any, unfortunately. Mm, yep. And... Um, yeah, it's. I wanted to make sure that we had a full episode talking about it, because I, in the future I want people to like search for the Dunhill Hotel and hear our voices. Um, yeah. So I'm going to tell a little bit about, it, and then I have two news articles and two in-person story or two stories from real people, um, which no one else has, which is pretty cool. Yeah, take that books. Books. So. The Dunhill Hotel was constructed during the Great Depression in the 1930s. It was originally known as the Mayfair Manor, and the land was purchased for $250,000 in 1926. That must have been a lot of money. Um, Say that number again. $250,000. I got this Get information from the website, so I wonder if they out. already did the inflation calculator. Um, but that was in 1926, and it was by doctors J.P. Matheson and C.N. Peeler, who were the founders of Charlotte Ear or Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Hospital, <laughs> which um, is still around, I'm pretty sure. It is, and I actually go there, and they're the people who told me that I am allergic to cats. There you go. Um, $250,000 in today's money is $4 million. Four four point one million, almost four point two. That's a good chunk of change, and it was right around the time of the Great Depression. I wonder if they were kicking themselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> so its location is still prime real estate because it is on the corner of Tryon and Sixth. Tryon is the street that goes straight through the center of Uptown. It is next to Discovery Place, across from the Charlotte Theater, which is under construction, and close to some great bars like Reras and Prohibition. In 1928, architect Louis Asbury Sr. was hired to be begin work on the hotel. Note that the Asbury is the current name of the restaurant. He was trained by Italian craftsmen and helped create cathedrals famous for its soaring, elegant roof lines. And I found a quote about him from the Dunhills website. And the quote says, As Asbury begins his work on the 10-story hotel... Um, you may hear our automatic feeder going on in the background. We are back. <laughs> we are no longer recording in the podcast studio slash nursery. We are downstairs. There's a lot going on. One of us doesn't have to walk up the stairs yeah. when it's not needed. Struggling today. So this pretentious quote says, 
as the Asbury began his work on the 10-story hotel with its refined architecture and neoclassical embellishments, he envisioned that it would stand boldly as a distinctive shape against the Charlotte, North Carolina skyline. An amalgam of American, British, and Italian influences, Mayfair Manor would spark the interest of those with an eye for period detail, recognizing the hotel's European and early American origins as Asbury intended. As the concept for the hotel developed, it soon began clear that Matheson's faith in Asbury was well justified. Question. It's only 10 stories? 10 stories. For some reason, I thought it was like 12. Nope. Um, it's complicated because there's 10 stories, but it does go down one floor. Because that basement, not basement mm -hmm. area, it's where like the barbershop used to be, which is now like the gotcha. second lobby. And then we know, because I've been down there, there's a set, another floor underneath that. Yeah. Which is very spooky. It's off limits. Off limits, but only to nice people like me. Unless you ask very nicely. Exactly. So, Mayfair Manor opened to the public November 15th, 1929. At the time, 100 of the rooms were condos, which is weird for Uptown because usually you can only rent, and the rest of the rooms were hotels, or hotel rooms. Despite it being the Depression, newspaper praised the hotel as and renovations and improvements were ordered to the tune of $2,2500 in upgraded aesthetics and infrastructure enhancements. The hotel was sold again in December 1960, and its name temporarily changed to James Lee Motor Inn. I hate it. Right? And then in December 1980, owner A.B. Wilkins declared his partnership with Charles Kennard to convert the property to luxury condominiums. By, 18, or by 1981, however, the two partners kept getting in fights and called it quits, leaving the property abandoned. Seems like the place was almost cursed. I wonder if that Kennard guy was related to the former Duke player, Luke Kennard. I wonder. I wouldn't be surprised. We keep finding connections like that. Well. The Dunhill yeah. <laughs> Hotel Associates purchased the hotel in August 1987 and spent nearly $6 million on the renovations and acquiring the adjacent storefronts. It opened in the fall of 1988 as the Dunhill Hotel along with its restaurant, Thistle. Not the Asbury yet. <laughs> Since 1991, the Dunhill Hotel Group and Summit Hospitality Group have been in charge. Fun fact about Summit Hospitality. Mm-hmm. I worked for them in the Hampton and a Suites Landfall Park, Wilmington, Riceville Beach. This is Jason. Um, <laughs> I worked for them at the Hampton Inn that I worked with in Wilmington. They were the hospitality group, which was so funny to, to learn that their one property in Charlotte just happens to be the haunted hotel that I just will not shut up about. That's, that's our only property here? Yeah. Um, they're all over. The guy's name was Ian that I worked for in uh, Wilmington. Very nice guy. Tell us more about your time there. Like me and Gene. years ago. Ten years ago that happened. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, yes, my best friend when was the bartender. Her name was Jean. Um, we called her Mean Jean because she was mean. Um, <laughs> she had some locals that she liked at the bar. And then everyone else she did not have time for. She liked me. Everybody she, likes you. You know, she did tell me that I had to find a Southern girl to marry. You're welcome. So I, I'm sure she would be happy to hear <laughs> that you and I have gotten hitched. Um, 
I do not know if she's still with us today. Fingers <laughs> crossed. She was on the older side when I was there. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Mean Gene, if you're out there, <laughs> I hope you're still mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Hampton. That was that was a great experience working at that hotel. Good. Um, and then I was a bartender. And because of that bartending gig, that's how I got to meet the cast of Blue Mountain State. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Only a few episodes left. I had to nope. slide it in here Nobody somehow. Nobody brought it up at Matt and Kelly's wedding. And I was shocked. <laughs> so for those at home, um, there is a TV show called, or there was once upon a time, a TV show called Blue Mountain State, which what I would call as the animal house for millennials. I've never um, watched it. It does not hold up. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. It does not hold up. It's all about partying and this college football team. Um, but anyways, back in 2014, they were filming a movie for it. Um, they were filming it in Wilmington, and the cast and crew just happened to be staying at the Hampton Inn and Suites, Wilmington, Wrightsville Beach. And Ye I was bartending for them. <laughs> and I was like, hey, like, if you guys are looking for, like, to cast extras, like, you know, I'm connected on campus. I was in the fraternity. And then they ag actually agreed to come to one of our fraternity parties. Every single time that a group of Jason and his fraternity brothers get together, somebody brings it up. <laughs> Rightfully so. It was sponsored by Red Bull. Um, Red Bull actually gave us cases of Red Bull for free. I'm jealous. Um, so there was this deck in this guy's backyard that we had the party at. Uh, or not a deck. There was a shed. And we turned the shed into a bar. <laughs> and Daniel, who you know, he was in that shed most of the night just pouring half Red Bull and half vodka <laughs> into these shots. Um, we had an ice luge mm -hmm. that was engraved to say Blue Mountain State. And it had a picture of the goat. <laughs> like, it had the actual logo from the TV show on it, which was great. We ordered porta-potties um, because bathrooms at house parties were always an issue. Yep. We ordered space heaters. Because it was nice. in November, and we knew that people were going to be outside. There was a lot of people there. We sold tickets. Sold we tripled tickets. our money that That's we spent so on funny. it. Yeah. Um, it was a wild time. Uh, Alan Richardson was there. He's Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. Um, for those who know the show, um, Sammy, the mascot, was there. Remy, I think his name is Remy. He's the kicker. He's like the one obsessed with drugs. He was there. And then Donnie, the big guy, he was there. So the only person from, like, the main cast and crew that we were missing was um, Moran. Um, but I got to meet him at a bar, like, within a few nights. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. Because they, they had a party at Fibbers, um, which was a bar. It's no longer in Wilmington. R.I.P. And <laughs> they had a party at Fibbers. Me and a few guys were there. That was actually the night I almost got fired from the hotel because I closed up the bar two hours early. Um, to go to this party. And of course, that's the one night the assistant manager decides to check in on the place. Um, and they were like, you weren't there last night. Don't come into work today. And I'm like, are you firing me? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, well, I'll <laughs> let me know when I'm coming back. Like, <laughs> I'm graduating in a month and a half. Like, see you later. Anyways, that's the story of Blue Mountain State. Also, Refreshing. I met my sister. Um, I think her name was, oh, Mary Jo. She was nice. <laughs> What were we talking about? The Dunhill? The Dunhill <laughs> Summit Group. Summit Hospitality Group. <laughs> so um, before my rant about Blue Mountain State and how I threw a party for them, 
Um, I was telling you about the history of the Dunhill Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, hotels changing business hands is not uncommon. So right. them changing a bunch makes sense. But one thing to notice is that it was almost abandoned or it was abandoned for almost an entire decade, which leads us to the first news article that I have, which is called Bones Found in a Hotel Where Those of Man Who... It was in the Charlotte Observer. How nice. So one thing that me and the Dusty the Dunhill Ghost have in common is that we are both in the Charlotte Observer. The article mm-hmm. says... Experts say bones and skull found Tuesday in the basement of a hotel undergoing renovation in uptown Charlotte were that of a man who may have walked with a limp. Do you think that Kathy Reichs was the one who looked at the bones? When I make a movie about it, she will be. Great. Um, instead of like, <laughs> or it's going to be about her. It's gonna, her name's going to be like Temperament Brennan or something. <laughs> Temperament Brandon. <laughs> Temperance Brennan is the character from the TV show Bones, which is about the life of Kathy Reichs, who is like based off of her books, based off her books, which are like somewhat based off her forensic anthropology adventures. She is a professor at UNCC, kind of, kind of. Um, I don't think she's taught a class. She taught one class years ago. She taught one class while I was there. Unfortunately, I did not have the prerequisites to take it at the time. What a shame. I know. Sad. Honestly, if I had taken that class, I probably would have gone into forensic anthropology and I wouldn't be where I am today. So, It all works out. All right. Article continues saying, Charlotte police asked for help in identifying the man whose remains were found in the former James Lee Motor Inn at 6 and Tryon. Workers cleaned out the 11th story hotel's boiler room and abandoned elevator shafts found the bones and skull. They're saying 11 stories, which I guess makes sense with the basement. They don't yeah. care about rooms. The building has been vacant since 1981. Dunhill Development is developing it into a 60-room Dunhill Hotel. In recent years, the building has been a favorite shelter for vagrants. After examining the bones, state experts told police that they likely belong to a white man. About five feet eight, a small structure. All right, five feet eight is not small structure, sir. Um, and doctor. Actually, ma'am, this is written by a woman. Um, police say the death, or the death occurred between one and five days ago. Years. Okay. Years ago. I was, was going to say, say, they found a skeleton. <laughs> police say the main bone in the man's left hand was deformed, but the deformity may or may not have been visible. Anyone with information about the man can call police and they have the numbers, um, but, like, has y'all he, don't know anything. <laughs> he hasn't been identified. No, he's, to this day, has not been identified. That's so sad. You know, it's one of those, that it happens. Yeah, but you still, know. there's somebody out there who's got a loved one, and they probably have no idea what happened to them. Yeah, he disappeared um, 40 years ago or so. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Um, Yikes. Yes, so that is overall. There is the story of Dusty the Dunhill Ghost, mm-hmm. which we have talked about previously. He is the entity that um, people and who work at the hotel claim to experience pretty frequently. He's more of a mischievous ghost, so um, you know he'll move items when you're not looking, flicker lights, that type of 
that type of spooky stuff. Um, but with that story of the bones and the paranormal activity, a lot of people have put two and two together saying that is him. I don't know if that's the case. Personally, we, like we mentioned, we have stayed at the hotel. We have talked to the staff. Mm -hmm. And there is more than just one spirit there. We have heard numerous stories. Yes. Yes. Um, I have another article. Go for it. And this one's important because a lot of the lore of the hotel, and it's kind of like the story that we were told when we first went on our Charlotte ghost walk. When I almost passed out. Yep, that's the day. Um, really and hot. they were talking about, like, the story that they said about the Dunhill is that because it opened up around the time of the Great Depression and it was the only public, publicly mm. accessible hotel or building was that people would either, like, stay at the hotel or break into the hotel and then jump off the 10th floor. And that's also why the hotel is haunted. Um, yeah. So... However, in my research, and by research, I mean looking, <laughs> using my library card <laughs> and putting key phrases into the Charlotte Observer story of a suicide that happened at the Dunhill. And this story came out on June 10th, 1995. It's called Body on Roof of a Parent. A body on roof and apparent suicide came out in the Charlotte Observer, um, and it says, An unidentified man apparently jumped to his death Friday from an open window on the seventh floor of the Uptown Dunhill Hotel. The 42-year-old man jumped sometime between 12.30 p.m. when he told the assistant general manager, Robert Miller, he'd be staying another night in a room 704 and 3 p.m., huh. Um, when someone alerted the hotel that a body was on the roof of the Monticello restaurant. The restaurant is part of the Dunhill, but is in a separate building next door on 235 North Tryon Street. So where the Asbury is right now. Okay. Um, rush hour traffic came to a stop as police and firefighters blocked North Tryon to investigate. Miller said the guests had stayed at the 10th floor hotel or a state at the 10th floor hotel. All its 60 rooms have windows that open at least once before. It did, yeah. Um, this visit, he checked in on Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. and had planned to check out on Thursday, said general manager. But Thursday, he called the hotel desk complaining of a pain from gout and said he'd be staying another night. Um, the general manager said the man who paid by cash had requested room 904, suspicious, next to 906, mm -hmm. on the top floor, but that was occupied, so he was given room 704, also on the hotel's south side, with a view of the skyline and Tryon Street. That's nothing unusual, the GM said. Many of our guests request the, that side of the building so they can see the nation's bake and the skyline. He didn't give his address or the registration card. Hotel employees described him as friendly man who stayed to himself. He was last seen by employees in the Monticello having breakfast at 10.30 a.m. and after 30 minutes returned to his room. He didn't look to be on business, but then a lot of our guests just come here for leisure. Charlotte police and firefighters were called to the hotel and rescuers climbed a ladder extending from the fire truck to the edge of the roof. As a crowd of onlookers gathered on Tryon Street, rescuers wrapped the body in olive green plastic. At 5.10 p.m., they began to delicately lower the body from the roof onto a gurney. 
the body was taken to Mecklenburg Medical Examiner's Office. Yikes. Um, and then it does say, I feel for anybody who's got that much going on inside that they've got to resolve it this way. I've been in hospitality business for 15 years, and this is the first time anything like this has happened, and I hope it's the last. Um, another weird thing is that a few years ago, the Dunhill had an open house, and I went to the open house, and I discovered that a co-worker of mine from the Hampton and Suites Landfall Park, Wilmington, Wrightsville Beach, um, was actually working at the Dunhill Hotel. He was their restaurant manager. His name is Ryan. Very okay. nice guy. You've met him, actually, because we bumped into him one time when uh -huh. we were walking to a Panthers game. Um, he showed me the 10th room suite, which is, like, the only one that has a balcony. And it's on the top floor. It's painted or facing towards Tryon Street. And if you are standing on there and looking over the right on top of the restaurant, to this day, you can still see like a dented HVAC vent. Um, when our friends from the Hex Files, when they stayed, they went onto the parking deck next door and they also saw the dent. I don't know if that's from this guy in 1995, or 1995 um, but Ryan, who worked there, did tell me that that dent was from a man who had jumped. Oof. So... Yeah, suicide sad, y'all. Uh, or we have stayed at the Dunhill Hotel. When we stayed, it was the weekend after our Halloween wedding mm -hmm. back in 2020. We had wanted to stay the night after um, on like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, they to, weren't open on Sundays. Yeah, to cut back on money. We had the romance suite or the romance package. So when we arrived, there was a dozen roses and chocolate-covered strawberries waiting for us. And some champagne. And a bottle of champagne. That we drank very fast. Very quickly. Um, then we hung out, and then we went to dinner, ate at the mm -hmm. restaurant, drank a little more, <laughs> and then we went to the bar and hung out there and drank a little bit more. Yeah. It was... Uh, <laughs> The day that they called the election. <laughs> yes. Um, so we were not only were we celebrating our union and match <laughs> also celebrating the United States for electing a new president. Yeah. Um, but during that time, we were very friendly with the staff. There was not a lot of people staying in the hotel, so we did get to talk to them a good chunk. Um, and each of them had their own different paranormal experience. Mm -hmm. Um I forget who said what at this point, but we heard stories of the woman who was working the front desk. She was smoking, it was in the middle of the night, and she was smoking a cigarette on the back patio um, when she knew that no one was inside or else she wouldn't have left the desk. And she heard like a witch's cackle, um, which she was very freaked out to talk about. There was another person, um, they had talked about how in the banquet hall, they had seen the apparition of a woman wearing a white dress with long, dark hair. Kind of like the ring. Kind of like the ring, they said. Um, and that specter did disappear when they approached it. Like I said, our friends from the Hex Files, Josh and Tamara, they stayed at the Dunhill Hotel. And they were also were allowed to you know, walk around unsupervised looking for ghosts. And they were doing a Facebook Live, and they actually caught an audio of... A disembodied voice saying hello. It says, hey. Yeah. And um, Tamara heard it, but Josh didn't. But you can hear it on the audio. You can hear it on the audio. It is yeah. freaky. It uh, is. It's just a, hey. And they had um, 
other experiences as well. I think they saw someone through a like a yes a tinted glass door. Yeah, it's it was like they could see a figure through the door, and then it just when they opened it disappeared. Nothing yeah. was there. Um, yeah, so it really is a spooky place, and I'm glad that we're kind of been able to gather stories that we have not found mm-hmm. anywhere else. Um, and then also by running the spooky CLT Instagram page. We've had people submit their own personal stories to us, and I have two of them here. Learn me something. Sure. So, (laughs) this starting quotations now. Back in 2003, when I worked there as operations manager, some weird stuff happened. For example, whenever I worked the front desk, room 401 would always call me. I would call it back, and someone would answer it, and no one would be checked into that room. I would send maintenance to check it out, and the phone was always working fine. I would never go in the basement unless it was I was with someone. It creeped me out that bad. Lights would go off and and on all the time. It's been so long I can't remember everything, but that place creeped me out so bad I only stayed there seven months. (laughs) It's definitely haunted. Um, So, room 401 is where we told Josh and Tamara to stay. Mm -hmm. They didn't really experience anything in the room. Um, They said they heard like the phone ringing a bunch, but they didn't see anyone really staying in the rooms around them. Um, but yeah, spooky. Very spooky. What room did we stay in? 906, which is known as the haunted room. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to like secure one exact story for it, why it's haunted. Um, I asked Ryan, the guy I talked about earlier, he said it's because a, like a, a woman stayed in the room after oddities and curiosities and they had a Ouija board with them and they were able to make like a super strong connection in that room where like a bunch of stuff happens. Well, didn't you say something about some family came to stay yes. every year? Yep. So there, um, another story was, and this was told to us by the one of the person at the front desk that, um, like a woman came into the the hotel and she was kind of just like looking around and so there's two things. Mm -hmm. So, um, a woman came in looking around and like, she asked, you know, like, what did you like, can we help you? What are you looking for? And she said, Oh, I'm just, you know, hanging around. Um, I just recently found out who my biological mother is. Um, and I found out that she had committed suicide in, room 906. Um, so she was just coming to the hotel to feel a little bit closer to her, who she found out was her mother and to learn about her. And then the second one was that a Canadian family actually came down every year on July 1st, which is Canada day. And they would request room 906, um, for the same reason. And now I feel like I'm mixing up my stories. Um, but they would request room 906, and they would come down every year because they also had a family member who committed suicide in that room. And now they stay Spooky. there once a year. Um, once again, told to us by staff, you know how urban legends are. <laughs> um, the last, So this next story is pretty crazy. And it's pretty frequent. So it says, here's my story. <laughs> Nothing too crazy, but definitely true. LOL. I worked at the Dunhill Hotel and few encounters with said ghost. 
the first encounter I had with the Dunhill ghost, affectionately named Dusty, was a cool fall evening. Kind of like today. Kind of like today. I'd stayed at work past some things. Since I was a manager, I had an office to myself tucked away upstairs near the guest rooms and event space. You'd miss it if you didn't know it was there. I usually kept my door closed and only myself and one other person who occasionally used the office had a key. This particular evening, I left my office to walk down the hall to use the restroom. I kept my office pretty clean and tidy. Being the event manager, it can be disorganized quickly, so I made sure to stay on top of things. There was a shelf with a few spray bottles and cleaners that were far out of the way, um, with nothing bumping it. When I left my office, there was nothing out of place. When I came back in, one of the spray bottles was on the floor. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but this had happened three or four more times after that. Again, the bottle was full. It wasn't uneven or off balance. The shelf wasn't long, wasn't along the wall of the door. There was no reason for it to end up on the floor only after I'd been out of the room. Spooky. Yeah. One day, I'd, I was down by the front desk and I hear a bellman talking about a ghost in the hotel and I immediately jump in the convo. He tells me dusty stories he's heard from several guests from hearing children talking and laughing to people seeing shadows on their guest room ceiling. He even tells his own personal ghost experience and where people believe the ghost came from. I'm in shock. I knew it immediately. That's what had been knocking the bottle over my office. At first, I didn't know how to feel. Should I be terrified or intrigued? I was dreading even going back into my office after hearing all of that, but since it started not too long ago, I figured the ghost and I could be friends. <laughs> I took this. Uh, at first, I thought it was just a new employee hazing. I decided I wasn't going to be scared by the hotel ghost. I came only to the sensible conclusion that I can maintain my sanity. Dusty knocked over the air freshener spray bottle because he wanted to freshen up my office, so I sprayed the air freshener regularly. It was never knocked off the shelf again. Ridiculous? Question mark. I know. LOL. But true story. Also, I've definitely experienced some flickering lights, but from my personal experience, Dusty is friendly. Maybe Dusty thought that that person smelled. Yeah. Maybe that's why he kept knocking it over. Um... So that is two ghost stories, two pieces of real history, and a timeline of events for the hotel that we call the, Don the Haunted Dunhill Hotel. It was great. Thanks. And their um, food is really good. Their food is really good. This is actually our, uh, my parents are visiting soon, and this is where we are going to take them when they're in town because they'll okay. be here right before Halloween. Okay. Um, you told me this. I've told you this. I just forgot. <laughs> yeah. And now the world knows. Um, all right. So one last thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Halloween ends. Um, Good. A few minutes in, I had decided that this is not going to be the movie that I had already planned out in my head. And that's okay. And that's okay. And then after that, I had gained the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. <laughs> um. And I enjoyed the movie after that. The who, Someone who did not enjoy the movie um, was my pal, Chris, who was sitting next to me. And Chris had brought a friend, and those two would not shut up. 
they talked the entire movie to the point where a guy sitting in front of us had to turn around and say, are y'all going to talk the entire time? And after that, they shut up. And I had shushed them um, a few times before. Good. But I don't think they took me seriously. Um, and also, I did not want to be affiliated with them after that. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm telling you all this story is because when I was on the Miguel and Holly show, the reason I was on the Miguel and Holly show is because they were actually at the Halloween ends pre-screening. Um, and they had introduced it, and I had taken a picture of them and put on the spooky account, tagged them. They saw my account, and they were like, well, do you like to come on the show? And I said, yes. And the first thing they said to me was like, you were at the show. Did you hear those guys that would not shut up? <laughs> and this was before we started reco recording. So I was like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was sitting next to them. Um, and they're like, oh, <laughs> great, perfect. Like, let's talk about it on the show. <laughs> And, and you had to chew and, bomb them. And then when they brought it up on the show, I was like, yeah, so that's Chris. Um, <laughs> and I had told him, I was like, he he does talk during every movie. Um, And then, yeah, they were like, it's your responsibility as a friend to tell him to <laughs> be quiet. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll do better next time. <laughs> um, But okay. it was just, it was so funny that, like... <laughs> You never, you never meet the people that are affected by you talking at the movies. Right. You know? um, I got to remember that for when we go see Wakanda forever. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll start talking and then I'm like, oh my God, we're in a movie theater. I, yeah, I get comfortable too and I start making jokes, especially if like a lot of people in the crowd are making yeah. like noise, uh, which was the case at Halloween Ends. Um, yeah, Halloween Ends was a good movie. Once again, you just have to accept that. There's nothing that will prepare you for what is about to happen. And just enjoy the movie in front of you. That's how I felt about the new Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Although I would say that Hocus Pocus, um, there was a lot of callbacks in it. There were. Know? But they also, like, they made it a, a new movie, mm -hmm. um, which was smart. For Halloween Ends, and they have a new trilogy, here's my theory. I'm going to wrap it up real quick. <laughs> is that um, David Gordon Green was the director and Danny McBride, that Danny McBride, um, he was one of the writers. Which Danny McBride? Eastbound and Down. I don't know. Um, you would know him if I showed you. Probably. Was Pineapple this, Express? I've seen that movie one time. Was this filmed in Wilmington? Um, Halloween Kills was. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so Halloween Ends was filmed in Charleston, and Halloween 2018 was filmed in Savannah. I have of just course. learned. Um, but anyways, I, my theory is that these two guys pitched to Universal. We have a fresh new take on Halloween that people are going to love slash hate, but they'll see it. And they'll talk about it. And the studios were like, absolutely. But in order to make that, um, you have to like give us the fan service movie first, the one that almost recreates the first one. Um, you know, just like star Wars force awakens. It's like, so everything's a, a callback. Generation. All these new legacy characters. Exactly. Yeah. So they were like, us that movie. And then we'll give you your movie. And the guys were like, fine, whatever. <laughs> um, and then once they signed on, they were like, actually trilogies are all the rage these days. Give us three movies. And on the third movie, you can do whatever the F you want. So they're like, we have to figure out what to do for a second movie. First one, recreation of the first one, pretty much. Second one is literally just Mike Myers killing people for an hour and 54 minutes. And then yeah. the third one is what we want to do. 
And he got bullied. And he got bullied. <laughs> um, so when the third one comes around, they're like, finally, we get to make the movie we want to. But then they realize they're part of a trilogy and they have to do things be- that they have set up in the previous two movies. And that's why it's a little bit off. Well, that's the end episode. <laughs> that's all I got written down. Okay. Um, once again, guys, thanks for joining us these past year and 10 months. Thank um, you. Yes. We have some extra cool things coming up, but yes. I hope you, uh, we do. We, we will still make a few more episodes. Um, just bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> and then also if anyone out there is like, all right, if they're stopping, I want to make my own podcast, uh, please do and let us know and we will support the heck yeah, out of you. Absolutely. Um, cause that's how we started. We listened to a bunch of podcasts and we we're like, we want this information about North Carolina to get out there. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Exactly. All right. Um, last time you pressed the end button, it kept going. So I'm going to s- try it again. Press the end button. I'll keep saying goodbye. Um, a little bit extra. Okay. And we'll see how long it takes to actually stop recording. And um, <laughs> it stopped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sources for today's episode can be found on our website at anchor.fm slash old north state pod. If you want to send us a topic suggestion, a funny story, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at oldnorthstatepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Old North State Pod. Cheers, y'all.